Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to this week's Man in the Post Extra Time. I'm your host, Chris. With me this week, I've got uh, Monica the Glen Andy. How are we? Uh, very well, thank you. That was really good timing. You caught me just on the back end of a coffin fit, so <laughs> this is probably as good as I'm going to sound for the rest of the podcast. Yeah, for any fast show fans, uh, Andy's sounding a bit like Bob Fleming, so he'll be on mute a fair bit tonight, won't you? Yes, I will. That's a very good callback. You like that? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> Um, we've got Emma Gabriel Garcia. How are you? Uh, fabulous. Fabulous. Super duper. And she's still not following me uh, back on Blue Sky yet. It's Jessie. I don't know how to find you on Blue Sky. Literally go through your followers list and you'll see me there. Do you want me to do that right now? Or you can do it whenever. Okay. Jessie's <laughs> followed me on Blue Sky. Get it up, you Chris. <laughs> Has she? <laughs> yes. I didn't even know you were on there. Have I followed you on Blue Sky? Oh. Andy and I have had full Blue Sky conversations. Have you? Have you? Indeed. Tell the listeners what your Blue Sky is. I'll follow you on... I'll follow you on... Chris, if I find out that I followed you in Blue Sky and you've not followed me back. Let me try and find you. I cannot believe her into this drama. No, you don't. And this is why I don't do social media. Where are you? You don't follow me at all. I feel like I'm going to check. I've not got to check right now because I feel like I've already derailed this podcast badly. You but have. I'm going to check. You have not followed me. I've got 11 followers in your name and neither of Jesse Loesch's name is on there. This is, well, this is great. This, this is, is like your children fault. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, listeners, uh, by the time you get to the end of this podcast, I expect to have two more followers. Um, so, don't, don't be peer pressured. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, if you don't follow me back, there's my introduction sorted for the rest of the season. Mm. <laughs> you're helping me by not following you back, is what you're saying. Chris, I'm never going to follow you because I'm not on there. No, I mean, this is like nice Twitter. I, I I'm, I'm now going to follow you because I feel like I need to quickly disperse your name. Besmirch, <laughs> even. Besmirch? <laughs> absolutely no idea what I'm saying anymore. Besmirch your name. Mixmirch. Yes. I'll let you away with that one. That was all right, actually. That's the wide Scottish joke you're getting. <laughs> uh, right, okay. So uh, let's start off talking about um, the Euro qualifiers this week. So uh, what I'll do, because I know Andy... Oh, Andy, you're Group A. So I was going to say, don't worry, we'll talk about it chronologically when we get to Scotland. But Scotland are Group A, aren't they? Um, so... Uh, oh, well, Emma's not Spanish, so we won't talk about that. Um, so... Um, 
in Group A, Spain and Scotland have qualified. Uh, both got 15 points. Actually, I think you'll find because of uh, a Barcelona player, Scotland qualified. I was just going to say that. Gavi eliminated them. As, um, uh, as he scored uh, against Norway, Spain won 1-0. Um you are welcome, Andy. You're not Spanish. I, you I, go to I, great. I've always been a huge admirer of Spanish, Spain, and Spanish football, Emma. <laughs> Don't she says she's not Spanish when it suits her. Uh, she's Barcelona. Yeah. She's Catalan. She's, she's yeah. Gavi. I claim Gavi. <laughs> um, Andy, so you qualified. So you yes. qualified for Euro 2021. Uh, you've got a couple of games to spare here. You can got deck chairs and cigars for the next couple of rounds. Wait, 2021? Yes. yes. Probably COVID meant that it didn't happen in 2020. I, I think he's talking... Sorry, are you talking about the fact that we've now qualified for back-to-back Euros? Yes, I am. Uh, and I right, can't remember okay. how you... Yeah, sorry. I can't remember how you Is qualified. Is actually what you were trying to talk about, or if I just bailed you? Out there? No, 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 it was. <laughs> right, okay. I can't... Double check. <laughs> I can't remember how you qualified before, but you qualified now with a couple of games to spare, so you so... can sort of take it easy, can't you? After you've yes, injured Andy Robertson, 2021 we qualified through a playoff by beating Serbia on penalties. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, we've been we've been really good um, this time. I mean, obviously the fact that we've qualified with a couple of games to spare in what should have been a relatively tricky group has has be uh, has proven that Steve Clark's done a pretty incredible job of turning us into a team that at the very least is relatively difficult to beat obviously the results from the last week maybe don't back that up but but there's all kinds of reasons for that um yeah i mean norway now have a couple of at least a couple of like world-class players in Haaland and odegaard um spain have recovered very well from us beating them in the the, the first uh, set of games for this uh, qualifying group um, and as you said a couple of games to spare means that we can arguably you know blood some youngsters maybe try a couple of players who are on the fringes who will be looking to impress ahead of ahead of our final squad selection so it's been um, yeah it's been surprisingly sedate and calm which is very unscottish like <laughs> Um, so yeah, it's been it's been really good, and uh, Steve Clark, as I said, deserves a, a huge amount of credit. Do was Steve Clark the manager at the last Euros? <clears throat> um, yes, he was. He's been there, he's been there a while now. So yeah, he's got a good he's got a good group of players there. How do you he feel? Is getting the sorry on you go. No, sorry, I was just going to ask. Sorry, because uh, I was going to lead on to the players. I was going to say, <clears throat> how does this squad? The players compared to the last Euro squad, I imagine it's not a, a huge amount different. Um, but it's not also, a huge had... amount different experience is the main thing. Yeah. Uh, obviously, back then, you know, that's, you know, the likes of McTominay and McGinn and so on were already playing Premier League football at that point, but were a couple of years less experienced. Obviously, and, you know, they're, they're now much better players. John McGinn is, is firmly established as a kind of key player at Aston Villa who are top half of the Premier League and so on Scott McTominay while he's still something of a fringe player for Man United certainly doesn't seem to let them down uh, when he does come on Man United also seem to have twigged to the fact that he's much better in midfield than he is at the back um, yeah it's just that there's, there's a real kind of 
camaraderie, which there has always tended to be for Scottish teams, but this time we're marrying it with the results as well, and confidence, you know, breeds confidence, and so I would imagine that more so than at any other time since maybe 1986 or maybe 1990, Scotland will probably go there harbouring real real goals of getting out of the, the group stage for the first time. 1990, who's the European Costa Rica going to be? Um... Luxembourg or somewhere surely not surely I, I mean I know that basically every man and his dog can qualify for an international <laughs> tournament nowadays but I am uh, I'm going to say Slovakia yeah, yeah. I don't if they're going to qualify or no but it'll be somebody like that um, and st- since the years two years ago Steve Clark has he do you feel more confident with Steve Clark as you imagine now than you did two years ago yeah, the one thing, and I still see criticism of it now, is that he's he's not a terribly expansive manager. He is he is much more about kind of rigid system and making sure that Scotland are difficult to beat and so on. And I th- again, I think the main thing is now that we've got players who are experienced enough and good enough to be able to play within that system. He's never going to be a manager who's going to send a team out to win five six nil, even against some of the smaller teams. But um, yeah, he's he's done a great job. Um, somewhat prickly in interviews. I know for a fact he's not a huge fan of Rangers, which should annoy me. But as long <laughs> as he's putting, as, as long as he's getting results for Scotland, I, I I don't care. Scotland fan first, Rangers fan second. Always has been the case, and I'm I'm just delighted that I'm actually being able to support a, a relatively good national team for a change. And when you dance along the sort of banks of the River Clyde next year, as soaking in Scotland's famous victories. Are you going to be um, sort of Ravsey Nesbitt cosplaying or are you going to be sort of uh, topless with a kilt and ginger wig cosplay? There's no much difference between those two at this point, uh, Chris. <laughs> but, um, no, no, I'm a, I'm a much more sedate football fan uh, these days. I'll be I'll be sitting in just doing with shaking hands with members of the family and stuff and going, good job, guys. Good job. Good job. <laughs> uh, that'll be it for me, I think. <laughs> Uh, that's Group A done because nobody else from any of those other countries is on this pod tonight. Um, oh, you! Sorry, go on, Jesse. Not, not that I'm Scottish, but or I Spanish. love watching Jay Adams play. Like, there's something about him that just seems a little Ronaldinho-esque, where he just seems so delighted to get to do what he's doing, and it's so great. Like, it's just so cute. Is it because he's got a South American name? Yes. <laughs> exactly why. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm a like, big fan of Jay Adams. Miles, you can always see him like looking around to make sure he knows who's around him and he just like he plays with a smile i think he's so cute i think he's a good player yeah i was i was very much on the the free che adams train when southampton uh were, were doing so poorly last season i think he's a better player than that um he's been a little unfortunate with injuries i think this season which means he hasn't played quite as big a part for scotland as as he would have liked looked a little rusty when he came on in the, the game against Spain and missed a couple of actual fairly decent chances but yeah I'm a big fan of Che Adams if he's fit I would have him as Scotland's uh, starting striker every game Okay, uh, in Group B France qualified um, and a 93rd minute Virgil van Dijk penalty against Greece uh, gave them a 1-0 win so that is France top on 18 points uh, then Netherlands second on 12. Uh, Greece are also on 12 points. Group C, England are qualified after coming from behind to beat Italy 3-1. Um, who saw this game? Did anyone see this or the highlights of this at all? 
Guys, does Italy need like what? A, like an exorcism? Well, I mean, they are. It's weird for Italy. They've not qualified for the last two World Cups yet. They're Euros holders, uh, but I guess they're in a bit of flux because Mancini left and now Spalletti's arrived, hasn't he? It's very. They're like a. They have not found their footing, or they're like loud anthem singing, yelling in years. No, and they didn't have Tonali and Zaniolo either uh, for um, legal reasons, I imagine. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I'm a I'm a big fan of Spalletti. Mm. Obviously, did a, a fantastic job with Napoli over the last uh, few seasons, and so I'm hopeful we'll turn them around. I've always had something a soft spot for for Italy as a their, their league and their national team. Um, yeah, I I hope he'll he'll be able to turn them around. The problem is at the moment, I mean, for being completely honest, that the kind of group of players they've got that are good enough to play for the national team aren't as good as other teams such as England which was proven this week so yeah I mean I, I just feel at the moment in terms of what they've got available to them they sort of rung below the real kind of top teams do you think going into that tournament I think they've got some good yeah, players I think, I, think so. I think they've got uh, Tonali and they've got Bastoni at the back they've got DeMarco who looks decent uh, Donnarumma in midfield and then they didn't have Chiesa this time did they You know when yeah. have these like um, these runs with players who stay for a really long time and they become like the team. You know, like that team that we all grew up watching with um, Buffon and Totti and Gattuso. Like that, they were they were like they embodied the national team. And I feel like there's always a bit of a wonky transition where you have to do like the lemon sorbet palate cleanser after that. Mm. But they have not. Emma, help me with my food analogy. They like I've been trying to do the lemon sorbet for too long, and they're not, they're not going to the next course. Did I do it? Did I? You did it. That landing? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you got it. You got it. Uh, okay. Uh, Ukraine play Italy on the twentieth of November, so England are top on sixteen points. Then it's Ukraine on thirteen, haven't played seven, and then Italy. 10 points haven't played six in Greek D Turkey qualified um Wales and Croatia are in the hunt for um for second place Turkey beat Latvia 4-0 and Wales actually beat Croatia 2-1 two goals from Harry Wilson so uh Turkey top on 16 Wales in second and Croatia third both of those two got 10 points um group E uh Albania top on 13 points then it's the Czechia and then it's uh Poland so Poland beat Czechia on the uh, 17th of November group F uh, Belgium and Austria qualified. Um, Azerbaijan lost 1-0 to Austria and uh, Belgium drew 1-1 with Sweden, who are in third place. Uh, group G, um, Hungary top on 14 points. Then it's Serbia on 13, Montenegro on 8. Uh, Lithuania drew 2-2 with Hungary. Uh, Dominic Zabolski, um scored a penalty and he scored a really nice free kick in the game before as well. Uh, Serbia 3, Montenegro 1 with a really nice outside of the boot goal from Alexander Mitrovic. Uh, group H, Slovenia top on 19 points. Then Denmark also on 19, Kazakhstan on 15 points. Northern Ireland uh, lost 2-1 to Slovenia. Finland lost 2-1 to Kazakhstan. But Denmark, they yeah. did win. But... They beat, they scored two goals against San Marino. But San Marino scored a goal. It was. Uh, Alessandro, Alessandro Golanucci um, yeah, scored their goal. I, I, the only thing I remember about it, I don't remember the goal. I watched the clip. 
I don't remember the goal, but they celebrated like they'd won the entire tournament. Because they did. And it was cute. Did. It was really cute. <laughs> Does anyone follow the San Marino Twitter account? It, oh, my God. It was as if San Marino, like, took over the UN and the world. <laughs> and everybody. It was did so they lose their minds? Their fucking minds. It was fabulous to watch. Um, like, we're all now citizens of San Marino because we're talking about it. And they equalised as well. It I wasn't like a... So say... No, I was just going to very, very quickly say the best thing about the San Marino uh, account recently was the just very random fuck Mason Greenwood that they tweeted um, <laughs> a few weeks back. So kudos to that Twitter account for that. Oh, yeah. And when they scored, it was to equalise as well. It wasn't as if it was like, you know, a consolation and a 6-1 loss or something. Peter Schmeich, uh, Kasper Schmeichel was losing his rag at the ball boy as well, telling him to hurry the F up and give him the ball. <laughs> How badly did they end up losing? It was T1 in the end. Yeah. Oh, that's not too bad. Yeah. Um, in Group I, Romania, uh, top on 60 points, and Switzerland on 15, Israel on 11. Um, Switzerland drew 3-3 with Bulgaria, although Switzerland were 3-1 down um, in the 89th minute. Goals from Akanji and Amduni um, gave them the 3 all draw. Romania beat Andorra 4-0. Uh, and Group J, Poland, uh, sorry, Portugal, top on 24 points, and Slovakia on 16. Uh, your nemesis there, Andy. And then Luxembourg in 11. Luxembourg, who did look like they were going to have a chance of qualifying at one point, till, um, they went on a bit of a bad run. Um, Portugal beat Bosnia 5-0. Luxembourg lost 1-0 to Slovakia. So, qualified teams so far are... Uh, Germany as hosts, Belgium, France, Portugal, Spain, Scotland, Austria, Turkey, and England. Right. Um, the Euros aren't the only qualifications that have been going on uh, recently. So we've had the start of World Cup 2026 qualifying in Asia. Uh, this is the first round, first preliminary round. So these are two-legged affairs. So if you lose these games, that's your World Cup qualifying hopes over for another four years. So these were very important games to win. So these are two. These are, these are final results after two legs. So Afghanistan two, Mongolia nil, Maldives two, Bangladesh three, Singapore three, Guam one, Yemen four, uh, Sri Lanka one. So Chandler we're happy. Uh, Myanmar five, Macau one. Myanmar won that first leg five nil. So poor old Macau after the first game, their World Cup was over. Uh, Cambodia nil, Pakistan one. That's a huge result because Pakistan lost in the first round of preliminary qualifying last time. Uh, so that's a big result for them. Chinese Taipei nil, uh, seven, uh, Timor Leste nil, Indonesia twelve, Brunei nil, Hong Kong. 4, Bhutan 2, uh, and Nepal 2, Laos 1. Um, Comnibol, Jesse. So, uh, we have got Venezuela 3. Uh, th oh, hang on. I've, oh, I'm not going to get it in time, am I? Damn it. And for what? Ecuador? <laughs> Damn it. Venezuela 3, Chile 0, Paraguay 1, Bolivia 0. Uh, Ecuador nil, Colombia nil. I've read the flag derby because they look very similar. Um, Peru, <laughs> Peru nil, Argentina two. Thanks the for Lionel Messi. <laughs> they do look the same. But all eyes were uh, in oh, Uruguay, wait, weren't before they? You do it, before you do it, let me be professional for once in my entire podcasting life. Here we go. Wow, Chris, what a shocker that Bolivia lost at home. It's basically the only place they can ever win. Okay, they, they, they were they were away. Oh, the first one. Yeah, that was last week. We, we're not. So I wasn't here for that. I'm, doing, I'm being professional. Shut up. We, they lost the first one at home. We didn't do last also. week. Um, yeah. yeah. So Uruguay to Brazil nil. So if I just read this, like, sorry. I don't care. Okay. Jesse, Uruguay to Brazil nil. So Darwin Nunes opened the scoring for. Uh, Uruguay, uh, f followed by a second goal from Dela Cruz after some really nice work from Darwin Nunes after he sort of shit, fell over and managed to cross. Right? But Brazil were denied a penalty, weren't they? I don't care. <laughs> so, no, we were denied a penalty in that in the match last week. We're not talking about that. We are reveling 
in my in my glory. <laughs> I haven't seen it, but it was hundred percent not a penalty. It Thank absolutely you. was a penalty. My favorite person on the planet. <laughs> no, and it wasn't. It wasn't. It but was. can we just talk? Can we just talk about <laughs> Neymar? Is that right? And his ACL? Is that what you want to talk about? Oh, Brazil. Header? Brazil hitting the crossbar. Is that what you want to talk about? No, can we talk about that better? Can we talk about Nunez just looking down and being like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to hit this belly button height ball with my fucking head and put it right to the center of the net. That was a really good goal, actually, considering how <laughs> tall he is. And then the assist where he was like, my entire lanky, rangy body is basically outside of the pitch, but I'm still going to hook it around and place this ball beautifully for Nico de la Cruz, and he did that was excellent. Uh, I know. But Brazil should have had a penalty. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't care that Neymar went off crying. Stop crying. <laughs> no, no. I'm always here to talk about Neymar's pain. Well, about Neymar. <laughs> yeah, all, but... This is the first time in my entire lifetime that we have beaten Brazil at home. Is it? And Yes, and my father was in the stadium, so I immediately called him. Like, was oh, he? No. Like, yeah, now you have to go to every match. So, <laughs> so go on then, talk us through your dad's experience in the stadium. I wouldn't have mentioned um, the Brazilian penalty if I'd known all this. Oh, really? That's what it takes? Yes. <laughs> he and one of my aunts and my cousin and his adorable girlfriend, Lucia, um, were all in the stadium. They got there early. They bundled up because it's like... Uruguay cold, not human cold, but you would have thought it was like the Arctic. And they brought mate. And then my father kept sending me like little videos of I think like before the players came out of the tunnel, someone was playing Pink Floyd in the stadium. Like it was just so wackadoo. That's a choice, um, right? <laughs> um, and then everybody went. He said like they couldn't believe it until the next day. They were still like, did that really happen? And so, what time of the day was it for you for you to watch? Uh, 8 p.m. Oh, so quite a deep. So you've had all day to stress up for this then? Exactly. <laughs> Correct. And how are you feeling at 7.57 p.m.? Uh, I, I wasn't going to watch. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, I did. But I, I think, like, I did, like, a strangled yell when that first goal went in. And then you wait because you're like, they're going to pull it back. Somebody's going to var that, like, I don't know, his ponytail was offside. Yeah, I thought that as well. Um, they, You're wrong. <laughs> no, I thought they were going to call. I thought I've only seen highlights. So I don't know how long they spent looking at it. But when when I saw it, I thought when the ball was played down the left, Nunez was offside. But obviously, he wasn't. I kept thinking like we did not play at all well the match before this against Colombia, and I was really pissed at Bielsa because his choices didn't make sense to me. He was sort of strangling our front line. Um, we got lucky in the last minute with that penalty. If not, like, it just, we did not play well. And I thought, like, oh, I'm stuck with this fucker. Who's going to do to my boys? <laughs> um, so I'm back on the fence. Now, now, like, but this is also Uruguay. Like, you have one match where you're like, none of these people should ever be allowed on a pitch ever in their lives, nor should their families. And then you have the next one where we beat Brazil at home. Well, that's fabulous. Well, look. The standings at the Common Bowl at the moment then. So the top six qualify automatically. The seventh go through to the Intercontinental Playoffs. Uh, so 
Uh, top of Argentina on 12, uh, five whole points ahead of Uruguay, uh, who are in second Why place. Like <laughs> Sorry. Why are you so anti-Uruguay? What um, is your problem? I'm not. I love, honestly, I look out for all the Uruguay scores and results on the Monday um, after um, the league games, so I do like it. But it sounds like you want them to lose. I don't. Why are you like this? I don't want them to lose at all. Oh. Um, they're not going to. They're definitely going to qualify because they're in second oh. place on seven points. Still don't even know. FIFA might be like, oh, we're giving you each a match. Like they might let fucking Chile qualify, even though they're in last place, because they get a match. So who knows what's going to happen? So Argentina top on twelve points, and it's Uruguay uh, on in second place on seven. Then Brazil also on seven, and Venezuela on seven. And... Yeah, that is huge. Yeah, they're normally further down, aren't they? Venezuela, there's like almost no chance that they qualify, I mean, they have no infrastructure. They've basically been living with like what is it like 12 years worth of just zero money sometimes their players don't get paid i mean the fact that they're doing this well is such a testament to this just the people on this team mm. uh then fifth place is colombia on six points uh sixth is ecuador on four uh that's all the uh automatic qualifiers and then in the confederation place playoff is paraguay in seventh place so that is that. Uh, I am not going to do the CONCACAF uh, Nations League because I looked at that earlier on and it is ridiculously complicated. So, Jesse, also, I'm... No one cares. Sorry? Also, because no one cares. Well, I care because they look quite cool, some of the games. <laughs> there's lots of Caribbean teams playing each other. It oh, looks... that's true. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks quite good fun, but, you know, there's sub-leagues and subdivisions and stuff in it. It's very complicated and I can't go through it. Uh, so, news. Uh, the Women's Champions League draw has been done. So, Group A is uh, Barcelona, Rosengard, Benfica, Eintracht, Frankfurt. Uh, group B is um, Lyon, uh, Slavia, Prague, uh, 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 Polten Frauen of Austria, uh, Brand of Norway, and then um, Group C is Bayern Munich, PSG, AS Roma, and Ajax. Group D is Chelsea, Real Madrid, uh, Hacken, and Paris FC. So, Emma, you got a horse in this race, Group A. I do have a horse in this race. Barcelona Rosengard. <laughs> Bar Barcelona Rosengard, Benfica, Eintracht Frankfurt. Are you happy with that group? Yeah, fine. If, I, you know what? I don't really care ever who we get because I know they're going to win. They're so good. Apart from when you get Leon in the final. <laughs> Sorry. That things happen sometimes. Yeah, they do. But you're, you're okay with this. So you, you, you've avoided oh, yeah, all yeah. the people you wanted to avoid and everything. They will be fine. Yeah. Um, well, staying with... Uh, staying with... I was going to say women's news. Staying with women's news. Women's news. <laughs> oh, no. Are we going to get an announcement of, like, who's on the period this month? No. Uh, women's corner. Women's corner. <laughs> yeah. Jenny Hermoso. It's she's been... not the kitchen. <laughs> On BBC Radio 5, women's news. <laughs> women's news. <laughs> Jenny Hermoso, she's been called up to the Spain squad for the first time since the, uh, obviously what yes. happened at the World Cup uh, for Nations League games against Italy and Switzerland. I didn't know she'd gone to Mexico. She plays for Pachuca in Spain, doesn't she? Uh, in, in, in Mexico. Mexico. Sorry, in Mexico, yeah. doesn't she? Yeah. <laughs> Did she go there before yeah. or after the World Cup? Uh before the World Cup. Okay, so it's not like a reaction to everything that's going on. She thought, I've got to get <laughs> no, away from here. Just skipped out, no. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, reaction... I blamed her. <laughs> no, exactly. Uh, reaction to this in Spain, then, um, because she was left out of the previous squad by the new manager, wasn't she? Um, yeah, I don't and... think she was in a good place mentally. Yeah, now... He had to testify in court and stuff, and it, it's well, not been a good time for her. dad also die? 
Hmm? Didn't your father also die? Uh, no, I think he's still alive. Ah, okay. Um, so yeah, reaction to her being called back up. Is everyone happy that she's being called yes. back up? Um, she's, she's the greatest. We love her. How and, how is it? Know, she deserves so much better than she's got. How is it playing out in Spain at the moment? Because it's it seems to have died down a little bit. The Rubiales, Vida, the Hamosa thing. So, yeah, this is what happens. Yeah. So, is it a case now they've closed the book on that chapter, the Spanish FA? No, they can't because there's still an investigation underway, and they need to replace Rubiales. Uh, so they can't really. They'll try and sweep it under the carpet because that's what they do. Mm. But hopefully they will come good on the changes that they promised to get the players back to playing for Spain. But <laughs> I don't know. They promised a lot of stuff before and it never happened. So Yeah. Um, and Rangers News, you've got a new manager, uh, Andy. It's um, Philippe Clermont, am I right? Former Monaco manager. Correct. Perhaps more Germany as well. Only former country <coughs> city central defender. Oh really? Apparently, I won. Yeah, I think he played there in mid nineties. Oh okay. Um, no, that would not. Can't be right. That's far too. That he would have been about thirteen at that point. Um, it must have been mid two thousands. But yeah, he, he used to play for Coventry. And he managed in Belgium or something. You were saying as well, pre-record. Yeah. So he, he had a fairway. Relatively speaking, meteoric rise in that he got the Genk uh, job, uh, got them to the the league title in his first season, was immediately uh, poached by Club Bruges, where I think he then won three in a row. And then he went to Monaco, and he got Monaco into Europe in his first season there, and then unfortunately didn't have a great second season. They, they let him go. Um, he's been unemployed since and I think that probably played a part in why we went for him over the other front runner who is believed to be Kevin Muscat who's currently uh, managing Yokohama F Marinos in Japan and who had apparently indicated he would want to see out the season there which would have made him unavailable until December um, but I'm I'm actually happier with Clemon than it would have been uh, Muscat uh, I think he's got a good track record. Uh, his team's play good football, which I think is something Rangers fans are really demanding at the moment. Beal's teams were, were far too passive, uh, a little bit timid in the attack. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm curious to see how we get on. We've got Hibs at the weekend at Ibrox, so it's a, a relatively decent first game for him. Uh, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes, but I'm just pleased we got someone in relatively quickly. Yeah, and what have the famously uh, calm and collected Rangers fans and uh, media made of the appointment? <laughs> so the, the media have been really weird about this, and it's, it's, again, I think, a sign of just how insular Scottish and British football media can be, where it was like they were all kind of pissing themselves over the fact that Graham Souness was like involved in the recruitment process like Graham Souness is such a good strong managerial background I, I, I don't fully understand why he's held in such high regard in that effect but it is what it is um, 
and then I had saw some so there's a paper in Scotland called the Daily Record and their website has something called the hotline where fans can phone in and leave comments and so on and the amount of people who I said oh, I can't believe they've took Clement when like Frank Lampard was sitting right there available and it's like you're fucking joking come on <laughs> now you, you cannot possibly be serious and I can only assume it's because he's A, a Tory and B, an ex-Chelsea man and Rangers and Chelsea obviously have links that, that go back uh, a few years mainly around hooliganism as far as I can tell um so yeah, it's uh, the media is what it is. There, there have been some relatively calm voices in there saying Clement had the better record than just about everybody else who was linked with the post. Maybe the other uh, Oliver Glasner who was also linked to it at one point. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm I think he I'm hoping. Sorry, because you can never be hundred percent sure on these things. I'm hoping he's the right guy for the job. The one concern I've got in the back of my head is that it's, it's very similar to the Paul Le Guin situation, where Paul Le Guin came as one of Europe's, I think it's safe to say, hottest managers at that point, uh, young managers, and um, it just it, it was a disaster, and his career was never the same again. So, a little bit of trepidation there, but I think his recent track record suggests he should at least make Rangers better than they've been this season so far. Emma, would you like a hot young manager? Um, we've got one. That's true. <laughs> uh, well, look, uh, we're going to talk a little bit now about events in the Middle East this week, and particularly football's reaction to it. So, um, Bayern Munich say their Moroccan fullback uh, Nusa Mazrui, uh, quote unquote, never meant to cause irritation by sharing uh, a video supporting Palestine on his Instagram account. Uh, Mainz have suspended Anwar El Ghazi um, after a now deleted social media post, which the club said was unacceptable. Uh, French prosecutors are investigating alleged anti-Semitic posts by Nice player um, Youssef Attal. Uh, and Mo Salah has released a statement in the last sort of, 24 hours or so where, bear with me one second because I'm just going to get the screenshot up, uh, he talks about... Um, he says, it's not always easy to speak at times like this. There's been too much violence, too much heartbreak and too much brutality. The escalations in recent weeks is unbearable to witness. All lives are sacred and must be protected. The massacres need to stop. The families are being torn apart. Uh, what's clear now is humanitarian aid in Gaza must be allowed to immediately pass through. Uh, the people there are in terrible conditions. So he isn't really sort of standing on one side or the other he's sort of talking about the humanitarian issues of this so what i want to talk to you guys about is firstly should players be making statements like this and secondly there was an article in the guardian today about the fact that essentially it is also okay to say nothing saying nothing doesn't mean you care any less than the people that are saying something so is it okay not to talk on social media about these things if you're a football player or a a football fan at all um i would throw that one to jesse loche me oh okay <laughs> uh, fuck. um you don't have to wait if you don't want to no i think thank you for saying that though i think in most circumstances it's very okay to say nothing um especially if you don't have all the facts and you don't know what to say so like we saw players, you know, defending people accused of rape 
don't do that. Don't say anything. It's better than, you know, putting your foot in your proverbial mouth. I think this situation, so many people are affected, like, you know, that it's hard to ask them to be players and not people, especially when I think club teams are so shit at, like, having parameters around what players are allowed to say and what they're not. So either help them out with that, like give them a way to sort of post that doesn't reflect poorly or whatever on the club, or let them do what they're going to do. Because hmm. um, there's it doesn't seem to be, there's no like equity in what they can post about and what they have posted about and then what they're not ostensibly like allowed to. So I think a lot of this lies with clubs not helping their players out. I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, no, it does. It's interesting to hear what to hear what you've got to say. Andy, I don't know if you remember the 2021 FA Cup final when Leicester won. Um, uh, <coughs> Hamza Chowdhury got onto the pitch. Not got onto the pitch, he was a player. Uh, he was on the pitch afterwards with a Palestine flag uh, and was criticised for it afterwards. And, of course, only a few months later, people were um, uh, lauding the fact that uh, Zinchenko was also on the pitch with a Ukraine flag. Um, it's a very polarising thing, isn't it, Palestine and Israel? So I guess by not saying anything, are you leaving yourself open to accusations that you don't care? Or if you say something, are you saying too much to one side or the other? So, yeah, I, I mean, I think in terms of the, the parallels to Ukraine, the first thing is to point out that, of course, nobody has a problem when we talk about pro-Ukraine because Ukraine's a predominantly white country. Um, I think there is immediately uh, Islamophobic uh, issues at play here with this one um, and it's it's hugely disappointing that that's still the case in this day and age um, generally I mean I don't think people should be afraid that if they don't say anything they're, they're being seen as, as coward or so on I, I think that is more than okay they're football players I'm sure they have views, but if they don't want to share those publicly, they shouldn't be made to do so. What I would say is that when the media has been so blatantly pro-Israel in this case, then I think it's actually quite important that we see some of these kind of public figures, regardless of the field they're in, coming out and, and being pro-Palestinian. I think the issue, again, that is the media finds it too easy to conflate pro-Palestine with pro-Hamas that's not the case no, nobody is uh, condoning what Hamas uh, did in Israel it's just there are, there are almost parallels to the, the, the trans issue here where Palestinians by and large just want to live their lives and they want to be able to do it in peace and they're not being allowed to do so and they're now finding themselves. We, we had the situation over here, Chris, you'll be aware of it, where that Bampot Richard Madeley mm. asked oh, uh, yes. a, Labour, <laughs> a Labour MP with Palestinian roots if she was somehow aware of the fact that Hamas was going to launch its attack in Israel, which Holy is disgusting. Uh, and really horrible. And I just, I don't know, it's, again, I, I, I find myself siding with uh, the minorities in this case I, th I think they're the ones who are being put up upon I feel really sorry that 
that the Palestinians are suffering so greatly during this. Um, and I'm happy when I see some people coming out and, and be pro-Palestinian because, again, none of them are being pro-Hamas. Again, just to make that very clear. Um, yeah, they should be allowed to say what they want and they should have to deal with the consequences, um, especially when up here we've got a case where Nir Baton, who was an ex-Celtic player, basically came out and criticised Celtic fans for having pro-Palestinian messages at their last game before the international break. Um, there's now talk that Leo Bada, who's a, who's a current player there, um, may look to leave for similar reasons. And it's like, I don't know. I, I, I realise I'm just talking in circles here, but basically, <laughs> yeah, I'm just... Um, um, I don't think people should be afraid to speak on these things. Uh and I'm just glad that, that Palestine does appear to have some people willing to say as much yeah. during this. And I'm going to shut up now. I'll <laughs> end up talking myself into some kind of trouble. Uh, um, I'll just come to you briefly, Emma, because on your 11 pieces of me, which was when you pick your, not best players, but favourite retired players, you picked oh, it's Olguer, wasn't it, who was the uh, player that refused mm-hmm. to play for Spain and played for Catalonia instead. You... Yeah picked him uh because you really like that stance of his didn't you is it important to I you can. that yeah is it important to to you that players do show an opinion on uh something such as this or are you just as happy for them to to keep quiet have they got an obligation to say something they don't have an obligation to say something if you are not informed and can make your point uh, coherently or uh, without getting your words misconstrued then go for it but you you just have to be prepared for the fact that if you pick a side it's going to be the wrong side for somebody else mm. and people are going to come back at that aren't they because that's just how it works but I'm more than happy for people to be silent on the subject if they don't understand it. And that's fine. People should do that. People who don't understand things really shouldn't comment on them. When did Ogier make those comments? Uh, while he was still a player. Which was? Uh, in the 2000s. So do you think if he had... He, do you think... Was there a case of him getting away with saying those comments to some extent because there was no polarising social media. If he said those same comments now, would they be received differently in Spain or how were they received at that time by non-Catalan Spaniards? I think... I think I think he'd have probably had more hate directed his way if he'd made those comments now as a player. Um, especially after what happened... Uh, you know, with the election that we had for independent, uh, you know, the referendum that we had for independence, mm. and then they sent the tanks in and stuff. Um, it's difficult because it's not really the same situation as Israel and Palestine. Um, I think, honestly, I think that he would. I'm trying to phrase it right. <laughs> That's okay. You don't have to. Um, you don't have to if you want. Um, 
I can't speak for him, obviously. No. But I, I'm, I'm fully behind people who want to express their view. Even if that's Even, something you might disagree with, that view. Yeah, because that's the freedom of speech, right? Yeah. I don't have to agree with it. But if that's your view, go for it. Okay. Right. Should we move away from that? <laughs> <laughs> well done, everyone. It's like a minefield, right? It is. That is so important, though, that the, to, like, be able to distinguish the people from mm -hmm. people in power. And because the people in power have so successfully dehumanized and kept separate groups of people that's how violence can happen because you other them and then you don't you know not you but yes. people do not see them as people um and that was really successfully and terrifyingly done yeah yeah look Olaguer, he did have death threats made against him for expressing his views even then okay. and it's just so much easier for people to access that a platform to threaten somebody now for their views and even track them down. Mm. Mm. Yes. So it's like playing a dangerous, you know, a, a dangerous game, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. Right. We'll tell you what, we'll move away from this. Uh, listeners, as Bill Hicks once said, dick jokes are on the way. So don't worry. <laughs> You've always got those. <laughs> uh, okay, so club games are coming back to uh, Europe and everywhere else this weekend. So in Spain, Real Madrid are top on 24 points. Then it's uh, Majorona on 22, Barcelona 21, uh, and then Atleti on 19. So it's Sevilla versus Real Madrid, uh, who've got a new manager, and Sergio Ramos is uh, playing against his old team with his new old team. They said Sevilla got a new manager, haven't they? Uh, yeah, the former Uruguay manager. Yay! Yay. There you yeah. go. Diego Alonso. Uh, Celta Vigo play Atleti. Uh, Girona play Amaria. And Barcelona play uh, Atleti Bilbao in Italy. AC Milan top. Wait, wait, wait. I have the best Atletico story. Go on. I was, I live now across from a park that has a football field where everybody's always playing. And I was walking my dog back home. And there was this girl who could not have been more than nine years old. She was a tiny little peanut. And she's wearing an Atleti kit. And she kicked the ball towards the net, and she missed, and she yelled at the top of her tiny Atleti-covered lungs, Hijo de puta! <laughs> so loud that I stopped still, and a guy who was sitting on the stoop behind me went, Did she hear what she said? I was like, yes, she is a hero. So it, precious. So, I mean, so. Yeah. Did you get your unusual efforts article out about the P word? Oh, no, that's a different P word. That's Oh, is it? Okay. I mean, it's that one but is used in mostly Mexican, some Central American slang as a horrible pejorative. Hijo de puta just means son of a bitch. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just for nine, you shouldn't say it. So. <laughs> in Italy, AC Milan on 21 points, Inter on 19, Juve and Fiorentina both on 17. So Torino play Inter, AC Milan play Juve, uh, Fiorentina play Empoli. Um... Andy, for, the, for some reason this week, um, I went down a bit of a Dario Hubner rabbit hole, if you want to go back into the day. Um, 
Brescia, great. Yeah. Ah, see, I know my old players. I know, it was great to go down and have a little look. Uh, in Germany, Bayer Leverkusen on top on 19 points and Stuttgart on 18 and then Bayern Munich on 17, Dortmund on 17, so Dortmund play. Uh, Werder Bremen, Mainz play Bayern, Wolfsburg play Bayer Leverkusen, Union play Stuttgart and finally in France, uh, Monaco top on 17 points, it's Nice, uh, 16, PSG and Brest uh, both on 15, so it's PSG versus Strasbourg, it's a South Coast derby, it's Nice play Marseille, Monaco versus Metz and Lille versus Brest. Elsewhere in the world, it is, guys, in Zambia, it's the Green Buffaloes versus the Green Eagles, who gone on the count of three, I want you to say either Eagles or Buffaloes as to who you want to win. One, two, three. Buffaloes. Buffaloes. Hi. Yeah, buffaloes. Yeah, excellent. Buffaloes are majestic and endangered. Not that eagles aren't. Um, in Turkey, Galatasaray played Besiktas. In the Australia, the A League is back this weekend, and they're kicking off with the Big Blue as Sydney FC play uh, Melbourne Victory. Uh, Emma, in the Andorran Second Division, it is UE uh, Santa Colomba B versus FC Santa Colomba B. Uh, in Belarus, it's Dinamo Minx versus FC Minx, so David from Friends can get to go and watch that. Um, and the MLS Rocky Mountains Cup, Jesse, do you know who that yeah. would be between? Uh, Colorado? Yeah. And. Um... Um, uh, Utah. I think Brigham Young. That's Utah. The that Mormons. Utah. Rail Salt Lake. Okay, but where is Salt That's Lake? That's in Utah. That's in Utah. <laughs> Come on, Which... I got it right for once in my geographical life. Which, according to Joe Tribbiani, doesn't exist. Well, no, the Mormons are just another land. They are. That's true. Um, that's a third friends reference for the se- uh, the episode. I'm quite pleased I'm with sorry, this. That's not our third reference. That is your. <laughs> third yeah, you're very much in an island of one. <laughs> okay, right. Premier League on Saturday is back. Twelve thirty. Liverpool versus Everton. The Abu Xavier derby. I'm sure Jurgen will be absolutely fine if Liverpool lose at a twelve thirty kickoff after international week. Um, Andy Robertson is injured. Andy, I'm not angry, just disappointed. Um, Diogo Jota and Cody Gapo are back. Uh, Idris Gay is fit. Uh, Curtis Jones is still injured, uh, injured, suspended. Um, Liverpool, their last 28 against Everton. They won 14, draw 13, only lost one. Um, but Liverpool have just got one clean sheet in their last 10. Um, and in eight Premier League games so far they conceded first on five separate occasions and Everton looking for uh, or Everton have won two at their last three in the Premier League so Andy it's is it as foregone a conclusion as the league table might suggest yes or, or history might suggest sorry <laughs> yes okay uh, yes as, um, yeah I, I actually think Everton have been slightly unlucky in a couple of games this season that two out of three could could easily have been a better record I think based on what we've seen out of them the last few weeks, they should be okay this season. Abdoulaye Dekoury has been in excellent form. Um, there won't be such a reliance on hoping that Dominic Calvert-Lewin is fit this season because they've, they've actually brought in some support. So I think they'll be okay if if not exactly brilliant. But yeah, Liverpool have been, have been much better this season. I know that They've only won one of the last three, but the international break's probably done them some some good, I would imagine. So I'm taking Liverpool for this one. Yeah, Emma. I mean, I don't want to say anything pro Liverpool, but <laughs> firstly, I fear I must. Yeah, they'll probably win pretty easily. I would imagine. Actually, maybe no, it'll be easy. Even if they 
Everton somehow managed to score first, they'll still win pretty easily. Yeah. Jesse, um, you expect... will, they play, will they play my beloved Thiago? I think he's injured again, funny enough. Are you kidding me? <laughs> nope. <laughs> uh, Jesse, are you expecting Darwin, a... Darwin, well, if he gets back in time and uh, is fit and not jet-lagged... back in time? Is he travelling by train? Well, you know, you... Uruguay. Yes, I know, but he might, he might arrive back jet-lagged and not in full physical shape. Because it's the early kickoff as well. Those two he normal. probably had one of those, you know, I think he was probably able to sleep on the plane. We'll drink extra mate, he will be fine. <laughs> yeah? Jesse, are you expecting a Sean Dyche masterclass? I mean, what am I not expecting a Sean Dyche masterclass? <laughs> more appropriate question. Um, I mean, I'm going to go the opposite of Emma and say, even if Everton score first, you guys will be fine. Okay. And that might really do you better, because then you'll have your like, oh no, our back is up against the wall, we need to prove ourselves mentality. Yeah, okay. Um... And still win 4-1. Yeah. <laughs> uh, three o'clock games then is Bournemouth versus Wolves in the Neil Masters derby um, Bournemouth have got zero Premier League wins so far they've only scored five Premier League goals which is the lowest and they've got the lowest shot conversion rate as well of 5.3% um, will Gary O'Neill be looking for revenge basically he, he sort of kept them safe Bournemouth safe last summer and then was hoofed out wasn't he for their new manager whose name I can't remember uh, and Wolves yeah, are unbeaten that's the one and Wolves are unbeaten in their last three Premier League games so Emma how can you see this mm-hmm. going uh, do you know what? I kind of hope he gets revenge. Cause I like a good revenge story. Yeah. Are you a dish served cold or very hot person when it comes to revenge? I'm Spanish. It's always hot. What about gazpacho? Ugh. Oh, I agree with you on the ugh. <laughs> I mean, I don't like soup anyway, so the sound of cold soup. the greatest thing in the world. <laughs> the cold soup sounds even worse. Um, I love it. I don't want it cold. No. Uh, Jesse, what do you reckon? To this game rather than oh soup. this is one of those i don't care matches but okay. <laughs> let's give it to wolves all right andy do you care uh, i mean caring i'm not sure about but uh yeah wolves should win this one bournemouth have been um have been pretty terrible this season so far i know that the new manager's bringing in some some new ideas and maybe it'll just take them a bit of time to get there but yeah wolves should win this one i think Okay. Um, Brentford... Can I make a correction, by the way? Yeah. Last time I said that Iraola managed Athletic Club, he didn't. He played for them for a really long time. Mm. And that's he he managed Rayo Vallecano, and I had that in my head for some reason. That's fine. Uh, Brent... There you go. That's correction uh, accepted, or accepted, acknowledged. <laughs> uh, Brentford versus Burnley, 3 o'clock, the Ben Mee derby. Brentford on winless in six. Um, but they have scored first in four of their games, so they've got eleven. They've dropped eleven points from winning positions so far this season. I don't know if you remember, they were one nil up to like the ninety-third minute against Manchester United before the international break. So I guess Jesse, the international breaks come a good time for Brentford. They could have a bit of a, a reset and maybe work in training on not conceding these incredibly late goals and, uh, and conceding after they go ahead. I know we were all, and by we, I mean every single person in the world was so excited that they went up against Man United. Mm. Hey Jesse, was that when you cursed them? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, that was my. Oh. <laughs> Apology to everyone and the entire planet. Oh no. We'll not do it again. Uh, Emma. Jesse jinxed them so hard. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? They should know better because we have a saying in my house, "Falta mucho tiempo." Because my father, at one point, when we were up, I think three nothing, jokingly said, "Falta mucho tiempo," and we tied. 
So now, now I should like I've known this. I've known this, and I'm really sorry, and I will not do it anymore. I think that Brentford deserve a win because Jesse jinxed them, and <laughs> she should jinx Burnley this time. Same, and I will. I'm doing it right now. <laughs> Andy, who are you jinxing? Uh, I'll jinx Burnley by picking Brentford. <laughs> um, yeah, um, I think that's more on Burnley than it is Brentford at this point. I think the one thing we all expected was that Burnley would come up and play some pretty decent attacking football and they've got seven goals in eight games mm-hmm. while also conceding, I think it's 20 at the other end. Um, they've been really poor. Didn't, weren't able to bring back a couple of the players who got them up last season. Um, yeah, Brentford are too good for them. Okay, um, Manchester City versus Brighton, three o'clock. In the Gareth Barry Derby. Rodri is back, which is good news for Manchester City because uh, they are unbeaten in thirty-five games with him playing. Uh, John Stones and Matoma have recovered from injury, so they're both expected to play. Um, Brighton have never won in the Premier League at Man City. Um, their aggregate is twenty-four-three against. Uh, but of course, City lost their last two of the league. They lost to Wolves and they lost to Arsenal, Andy, didn't they? So. Um, given Brighton's poor record here, Rodri back, uh, do you think this might be a tough but a tough win for Man City? Yeah, I, I, I think Rodri being back is, is huge for City. He is the best defensive midfielder in the world, in my opinion, um, and is a huge part of what allows their, their other midfielders to go and do what they need to do at the other end of the pitch. So, him being back, uh, assuming he's up to something close to, to top speed, will be enough to see them pass Brighton, I think. All right. Um, Emma, how well regarded is Rodri in Spain? Very. He's, like, the best player in the world at what he does. Um, he's incredible. So, I can't remember where City bought him from. Where did they get him from? Ooh, I can't remember. Has he been marked out for... Was it Valencia? Was it? Has he been marked out for quite some some time as a player to watch, or is it surprising that he's done so well at City? No, not surprising at all. Everyone, talent. Everyone was expecting big things. Of... Yeah. Okay. I'm here for Pep uh, talking up Deserby though as the next Manchester City manager. Oh, okay. I've I've got time for that. Yeah, I like Deserby. I was a big fan of his Sassuolo team, so I think he he deserves good things. He does deserve good things. Unfortunately, he will not get them this weekend, but <laughs> he does deserve good, good things. things. Does he look You're a bit too much like David Guest, though? I don't know who that is. He's Elton John's husband. That's David Furnish. Wait, Dave, Who's David no, Guest? David Guest is Liza Minnelli's David husband. David Guest is Liza Minnelli's husband. Maybe that's who I'm thinking of. One of those two. He doesn't look that much like David Guest, does he? Uh, no, Surely not. David Guest is that horrible kiss when he looked like he was trying to suck her soul through her mouth. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's move on from that one quickly. Oh, wait. David the, Oh, okay, right. The guy who kind of looks like a melted waxwork? Yes, exactly. Right, okay. No, he doesn't look like that. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Jesse, Man City, uh, Brighton. Oh, you guys, you know I love Brighton so much. Oh, Jesse, I've got a stat for you. Sorry, I forgot to read this one out. Okay. Haaland, Eric, uh, Eric, Erling Haaland has got one shot in City's last two games. Um, does that have any effect on what you're about to say? 
Maybe that's because people keep calling him Eric. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, because he still annoyingly does other good things, and they have 97,000 other effective players. Fair enough. Uh, okay, Newcastle versus Crystal Palace, 3 o'clock in, um, I don't know if you remember, Andy, the Johan Kebab derby, if you remember that uh, joke in your interview. Ah, uh, good old joke in here, the <laughs> daft racist. <laughs> um, so Sven Botman and Alexander Isak are doubts with Newcastle. Sandra Tonali will be available. Um, their last 14 meetings have been 15 goals, so expect this one to be far down the list on match of the day. Um, since the start of last season, this is quite an interesting stack. Since the start of last season, Kieran Trippier has created 89 chances uh, for Newcastle from set pieces. That is 28 more than any, than the next nearest player in the top five leagues. Um, if anyone does. Sorry? We should never have given him away. No, not with stats like that. I mean, I don't do FPL this season, but if you guys do, then you should definitely pick him. I guess no one does FPL. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, go on, Andy, you spoke. You tell me what you think of this game. Then. Uh, yeah, this will be a, a Newcastle win. Palace have been fine. Um, I think it's but again the problem as it was last season is they don't score enough goals I think it's like 7 goals in 8 games same as Burnley who are in 18th mm -hmm. um, the one thing I would say is that they've been very good defensively perhaps unsurprising for a Roy Hodgson team he's getting very well organised but Newcastle were in, in relatively irresistible form before the the international break you would assume they will still be buoyed by a, a very comprehensive and deserved win against PSG in the Champions League um, Newcastle should win this one fairly comfortably okay Emma you're not a mute you can go next what 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 are we talking about I was googling Rodri <laughs> sorry that'll teach you uh, we're they talking brought, they brought it from Atleti okay. uh, yeah. we're talking about Newcastle versus Palace oh that's the thing that's happening. It is. How much interest have you got? Can I say I think I'm the Jesse Marsh of this podcast because I'm here for vibes, not stats. Oh, what a great <laughs> reference. <laughs> um, do you think that Newcastle or Crystal Palace will win? Or maybe neither will win? Um, did you say Isak was playing? He's a doubt. I love that kid. I think he's great. Um, that's a shame. I still think Newcastle will win. Yeah, Jesse. I mean, I vibes, Chris. Vibes, in the back making noise. I just want to just say that. And I didn't know if Ross would be mad if there was like background dog snoring. Um, yeah, Newcastle are gonna win. I think he'll be fine with dog snoring. I feel like our audience are here for dog snoring. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Forest versus Luton, three o'clock, and the Gary Parker derby. He was a good player, wasn't he, Andy? Uh, it, uh yes. Sorry, completely threw me <laughs> off. It's all about Carrie Parker there. Yeah, yeah. He's decent. He's no Ian Wan, but he was a decent player nonetheless. He was great. I watched him at Leicester when Leicester first got promoted to the Premier League, and he was just like a standout player above everybody else. He could pick a pass for about 30, 40 yards while everybody else sort of fell on their arse around him. Um, so, Ainiwi uh, is out for Forrest. That's a big loss for them. Andros Townsend could make his debut for Luton. Uh, Forrest were beaten in six at home. They won four, drawn two. Um, they scored 
Eight goals so far. Four of those have been headers, which is the most of any team. Luton have only had a 36.1% possession average. Uh, Emma, I know you hate stats, but is that important? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say I hate stats. You're I'm the anti-stats. I'm not here for them. <laughs> <Just not here>. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what? How many games have we into the Premier League so Eight. far? And I still have not seen Luton play. <laughs> is that your goal for the season, is it? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to see if I can get through all 38 games without seeing them play. <laughs> it's my quest. It's think, my goal. I think Tommy Robinson's a Luton fan, isn't he, Andy? Is he? I'm sure he is. Well, Luton. I wonder why I'm associated with him. another British racist? I think if it's uh, if you say the words famous and British, at this point I think you could just imply the racism bit. <laughs> Just... I'm going to Google Tommy Robinson Luton Town. Really thought you were going to Google famous British racist self for a minute, Chris. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Uh, he, was, he was convicted in 2011 of using threatening, abusive, or insulting behaviour during a fight between supporters of Luton Town and Newport County. Luton, oh, 2018. Luton CEO uh, urges fans to stop chants in support of Tommy Robinson. Do we want Luton to stay up this season, guys? No, they seem like a racist. <laughs> Absolutely not, no. No, not after learning that. Absolutely not. Another bad. I think there was like a homophobic. It was some bad chant that I remember people were talking about after their very first match. I think yeah, there was. I remember that too. Because Burn it's the same weekend Burnley fans booed players taking the knee. So yes, I think I do remember that. Oh well they can get relegated too. They can get <laughs> Shall we move on? We don't want to talk about these people, do we? Oh. No. Uh, yes, I hope not in the forest beat them eight <laughs> 0 yeah. I do too. Uh, Chelsea versus Arsenal, half past five in the Lauren James derby. Uh, Saliba and Saka um, and Trossard, I doubt to you there, Andy. Arsenal won six out of seven versus Chelsea, including the last three. Um, but Chelsea, six goals in their last two games and consecutive Premier League wins. However, their only win um, at home this season was Luton back in August. They've only got one win in 11. I'll go to you, Andy, because you're the Arsenal fan. Um how yeah. happy are you feeling about this or how relaxed are you feeling about this not very i imagine um more relaxed than i have been in in recent years i, I appreciate that chelsea have won the last couple and it, it looks like they might have turned the corner but in some ways that's probably the international break has worked against them because it's probably halted that momentum a little bit I still don't think Pochettino's even close to knowing what his best starting eleven is, given he's about 750 players to choose from there. Um, Arsenal, I know that there's a potential that they're going to be missing a couple of players, but there's a confidence about Arsenal that I feel wasn't even there last season. I always felt like Arsenal were a wee bit just pleased to be here last season. I certainly was pleased for them to be there. But they, they look like title contenders this season. And um, I think they might just prove it again here. So I'm taking a narrow Arsenal win. Was the win against City at completely the wrong time? If you'd beaten them the weekend after an international break, do you think that would have meant more? Uh, that could also have an effect in terms of momentum. Um, but I feel... Yeah, I normally haven't had a great week, which is the great considering Odegaard is, is obviously such a big influence to the, how Arsenal both play and kind of conduct themselves on the pitch uh, he's, he's 
come out as a railway done. So hopefully Norway's poor international break hasn't affected him too badly. But yeah, I, there's no doubt it will have dulled momentum slightly. But I mean, beating the current league and European champions in your last game before the international break is a pretty decent way to leave it. So yeah, I'm I'm sticking with Arsenal for this one. All right, Jesse. Uh, Chelsea are bad, and um, this is going to be no problem for Arsenal. Also, I like just hearing Andy say words. <laughs> like something about the accent just makes all the words sound better. Have you got a favourite word you like him saying? Yeah, four. What? 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 It's the I double. What? I just really enjoy the double O sound. All right. Okay. Oh, right. Okay. Sorry, I thought you said something else. I thought you she said something else. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you said her. Oh, I mean, fine, but that doesn't. It's like a different vowel sound. There was a survey conducted. There was a survey conducted many years ago of uh, British people, and it was what accent do they like hearing the most from when they ring up a call centre? And the accent that won out the most was Scottish. It was seen as the most sort of trustworthy and reliable accent. It's just so much fun to listen to. It makes things pleasanter. Oh shucks. <laughs> <laughs> Emma, do you like a Scottish accent? And what do you think of this game? I do like a Scottish accent. Who's your favourite Scottish accent person? Oh, um, Brian Cox. For the way oh. he says fuck. That's a good accent. And what do you think to this game? I think Arsenal will win. Comfortably, or you think it'd be quite a tight thing? Chelsea are rubbish, so yeah, pretty comfortably. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um... That might be the half past five game on Sky on Saturday, but it's not the last game because eight o'clock on Saturday night, um, Sheffield United versus Manchester United, the Brian Dean scoring the first ever Premier League goal ever derby. Um, Casemiro is out for. Is that Ma- really a derby? <laughs> I think this is use of the word derby is just very loose. All right, the, the Keith Gillespie derby. Uh, <laughs> Casemiro is out for Manchester United. Um, he picked up an injury against those nasty Uruguayan players in midweek. Uh, and Chris Bashman's out. That it was a horrible injury. Has everyone seen that one? No, oh, yeah, it's gross. <laughs> Sheffield United. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Don't. Um, yeah. <laughs> Sheffield United have got one point. That's the joint lowest in Premier League history after eight this the stage of the season, which is eight games. Um, it's their first home game since the eight 0 loss. So obviously the, the fans will be expecting some sort of turnaround. Um, Manchester United lost six out of eleven in all competitions so far, and they had that close run thing against. Brentford in the last game um, how do we think this one's going to go Sheffield United really have to win and they have to get a reaction don't they after the 8-0 they are won't they though <laughs> <laughs> sorry Emma are they racists are they racists I don't know they don't like Jamie Vardy because Jamie Vardy's a big Sheffield Wednesday fan and he, he, he likes cupping his ears to their fans every time he scores against them okay like but Manchester United enable domestic abuse okay so there are no winners here <laughs> okay uh jesse then do you, do you want a draw as well like emma remember that thing that you said before about how they could both lose Mm-hmm. that could happen i would love that yeah 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Uh, we go to Sunday, just a one game on a Sunday. That is Aston Villa versus West Ham in the David Cameron derby. Um, mm, that's not super, is it? <laughs> no super Sunday there. Uh, Zaniolo's available, uh, despite the, the betting uh, shenanigans he's brought in. Um, in broad in Aston Villa won 10 consecutive Premier League home games. Now, Andy, I've got a quiz here, but I, I noticed you've been reaming, reading some stats off. So where are you getting your stats from? I'm just reading the league table. Are we? Okay. So right. if, it's, it's, if you're about to ask me loads of questions, don't worry, I will not have the answers to hand. All right, so Douglas Louise uh, has scored in five consecutive home games, um, which is the best since who in 1991? Uh, 1991, I will say Lee Chapman. For Aston Villa. Did he play for Aston Villa? For Aston Villa? Sorry, I thought you said just in general. No, uh, sorry. For Aston Villa, I will say Daly and Atkinson. No, sadly not. Uh, Big Ron sang a song about him. It's up to you, Dwight York, Dwight York. Ah, right, OK. Uh, West Ham, oh, it seems we're having a, a racism corner by the sounds of it again this week. We better not talk about Big Ron. Uh, West Ham scored in all eight Premier League games they've played, but and they've taken the lead in seven of them. Uh, so... Um, this could be quite. This could be quite a super Sunday after all. I mean, this could. Really? Yeah. Villa have taken fifty-three points so far in twenty twenty-three. That's only behind Liverpool and Manchester City. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm this not could convinced be... yet, Chris. Keep going. Keep going. Uh, this could be. Um... Come on, this is this is the David Cameron derby. The man once had sex with a pig's head. Surely, you want, surely you want to see that um, uh, him happy, don't you? In a non-piggy no. way. Ah. Did he confess to that, Andy? That he did it back in his university days? I don't think he did. No. Oh, but okay. He's he's a filthy Tory, so of course he didn't. <laughs> I have questions about the how, and I don't want any of the answers. <laughs> <laughs> well let's move on quickly then so you don't get them so we go to you guys Jesse Monday night uh, Spurs versus Fulham in the Clint Dempsey derby um, Sun and Romero are available uh, six wins and two draws Spurs best start to the season since 1960-61 season when they were the double Jesse <gasps> dun, dun, dun. chest out shoulders back deep breath nope. eyes closed don't dare. Don't do it. Don't fall into his trap. Like a sobriety test. Eyes closed, watch three, five, six, seven. Um, no. No, thank you. It could all go wrong, could it still? Yes, it could. <laughs> Have I taught you nothing? Spurs, great. <laughs> Spursy, yeah. Even though James Madison has got two goals and five assists so far this season. Yes, and? <laughs> it this is still... when he picks up his season-ending injury. <laughs> Gets it. <laughs> I get it. No, I get it. Yeah, okay, <laughs> fair enough. It's full of my home, come on. They've been terrible so far. Not any time we have a, oh, it's just whoever at home. That's when, like, you know, we decide to play Loris up front. And, <laughs> and I don't know, Eric Dyer gets a red card in the 17th second. Mm-hmm. And this is when Romero goes full Romero. Yes! Oh, mm-hmm. I yes. Exactly, because Romero's going to come back from international break, like, fully pumped up. And he's just going to decide that what everybody needs is a kick in the head. Yeah. Andy, as the resident Arsenal fan, well, one of the resident Arsenal fans of this podcast, 
Cheer up, Spurs fan Jesse. It's okay, and you don't have to. Uh, so it's funny. I mean, obviously, Ange was Celtic manager, and therefore I should hate him. And of course, he's Spurs manager, so of course, to an extent, I do. Um, <laughs> but. At the same time, I'm kind of enjoying a manager going straight from the Scottish Premier League to the English Premier League and doing really well because I think it shuts up a few misconceptions about yep. the Scottish Premier League. Um, he had, his teams play good football. Uh, his, his Spurs have been very good. I don't think you can say anything other than that. Yeah, there's been a couple of games when they maybe get a little lucky, and you will get that from time to time with Postacoglu teams, where it will be, can we score more goals than you? And they won't always come out on the, the winning side of that. But, I mean, Fulham are almost the dictionary definition of milk toast. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, I'll be staggered if, if Spurs don't win this game comfortably. I hope Richarlison does well because he could he like almost immediately after the Uruguay match posted this heartfelt like it's all on my shoulders I didn't play well I have to do better I owe the people of Brazil better and that poor man needs like therapy and a vacation and a handful of goals so he just I feel like he better. needs a hug at the very he, least yes yeah like I just I I need him to remember that he's a he's just one person it's okay I think he's actually got the perfect manager for that. Postacoglu will will not tolerate um, media getting on at him Good. about poor form and so on. Behind the scenes, that I don't think there'll be a better manager in world football at being able to put a an arm around someone and say, "Block it all out. You yeah. just do you. It'll, it'll turn." Um, yeah, I, I, I hate the fact that I don't hate Spurs this season because um, I, I too also really like Richarlison uh, Youngman's son is probably my favourite player in the Premier League who doesn't play for Arsenal um, yeah I, I, I don't like it no I'm sorry but also welcome <laughs> <laughs> okay right that brings to the end of our um, Premier League roundup end of our podcast any of the business everyone happy little crabbies yeah how's, how are the books out going uh, books going very well, thank you very much. There's a little bit of interest in Australia. Um, Have you figured out how to ship it to, let's say, New York? Well, no, because the person that did make that customer complaint was going to send a screenshot to me, uh, and I don't think she'd be able to if she doesn't follow me on Blue Sky. Mm-hmm. You can send it to Australia, but you can't send it to New York. Well, I can if um, if we know the problem, but, you know, the person Is involved... Is brother? <laughs> <laughs> The person involved needs to send a screenshot, as they promised to do a fortnight ago. Well, look, okay, so uh, we are Man of the Post. You can uh, follow us at Man of the Post on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. Um, If they want to follow you on Twitter, Andy, how do they do that? I wouldn't even recommend it anymore. That place is a (laughs) shithole. Don't follow me on there. Follow me on Blue Sky. You can get me at side Tyson. Uh, Emma, how can they follow you? There must be somewhere they can follow you. I mean, they, no. <laughs> I'm not encouraging that at all. Nope. Jesse Loach, how do they follow you and so you don't follow them back? Um, well, I did the Emma and Adam got off Twitter because just too many Nazis. Um, 
But Chris, you didn't mention they could also follow men on the post on Blue Sky as well. Can they? Oh, they can. Yes, they can. That <laughs> man on the post, I imagine. Yeah. Well, How can they follow you? you can for follow... those of us who should be. Uh, well, I'm still on uh, Twitter at chigan 77 I think I'm on Blue Sky at the same thing as well. So you can follow yeah. me there as well. Don't you? Doesn't your book also have its own? account my book okay. has its, it has its own twitter eagle post you can follow it on there where i keep forgetting to post stuff i mean geez, are we your manager now or what <laughs> you are you need 10 percent take over that account for you that would be yeah. lovely actually yes that'd be the I'll, I'll send you some details of what i want you have to watch some specialist football though i will say hard pass i'm out <laughs> and take over the men on the post blue sky account since currently it's doing nothing okay sure you can Why do not? that We'll send you the details to that. Right, guys, thank you ever so much. And always remember to keep your man on the post. Bye.